as I um, sat down to write a post uh, for my grandfather this morning, I was actually a little lost for words, which uh, uh, for me um, is a bit odd. Uh, for the people that know me, I um, don't usually have an issue talking and sometimes talk a little too much. Um, so I just decided to record whatever came to mind. Um, after doing sort of interviews and podcasts for so long, it seems like the norm for me. Uh, but obviously this one's a little bit different. Um, sharing some thoughts around uh, the loss of a loved one obviously isn't easy. Um, I wrote a fair few notes a couple of days after my grandfather had passed. Um, I was in the gym one morning and just felt the need to start writing. So um, I wrote down a few things um, which I'll share with you. Um, I also um, tap in a couple of pieces of audio um, from his funeral. Uh, one from uh, Father Bashorta, who um, had lunch with my grandfather every Wednesday. Um, in his homily at the funeral, uh, he quotes a comment from my grandfather, which will um, stay with me for a very long time. Uh, my grandfather once told him that life can only be understood backwards, but must be lived forward. Um, that's um, something that really obviously hit deep at at the funeral and the second audio is from my dad um, who said some words after the funeral as well and obviously fo followed his father's footsteps um, since the day he was born and really in turn instilled that into us. I wasn't really sure about posting this, but wanted to share my thoughts on the situation um, as I felt it will help me get through what is a challenging time. I don't really dive deep into the uh, sort of exact things as to what happened on that night because I'm obviously I'm trying to move past that, but I wanted to share sort of my thoughts on, on his life and exactly what happened. Um, so yeah, hope you guys enjoy it. So this time last week, I actually got the dreaded call. Um, so it was just before five o'clock in the morning. I just finished my usual Wednesday yoga, um, although a little different as the yoga studios are actually closed at the moment. I was doing yoga from home. Um, I got up from the final breathing exercise, uh, which for people that do yoga, and even if you don't, the final breathing exercise um, just brings over, for me, a real sense of sort of calm um, and just feeling really at peace. Um, so I got up from that, looked down at my phone, noticed 13 missed calls from my dad. Um, before I could call him back, um, my f sister's phone started ringing, uh, which actually followed by a gasp of screaming. Uh, as I ran towards her room, I uh, grabbed the phone off her, obviously feared the worst. Um, my dad was on the line saying that something had happened to our grandparents um, and we needed to meet at my uncle's house, uh, which is just up the road from my place. Uh, when we arrived there, so did all of my other cousins. Um, obviously, we had no idea what we were about to be told. Um, obviously, nothing could have prepared us for it either. Um, a short time later, my dad his two brothers pulled into the driveway. Uh, we all walked inside, and they told us the news that our grandparents' house had been broken into, and both were in hospital. Um, they weren't certain on, obviously, how it all occurred and the finer details of it all, but what was certain was that my grandfather w wasn't going to make it. Um, no nothing can really prepare you for a moment like that. You know, no matter how much you've been taught to stay strong, which is something that's been embedded into, uh, I think, the Lebanese culture, but also into our immediate family, stemming from my grandfather, which I'll touch on in a little bit. Um, and really, the emotions really just take over. Um, it has been an emotional roller coaster, um, from feeling angry towards the people that did this, which again I'll touch on, um, and then just trying to remember all the good things that our grandfather brought to our lives. 
Um, as I said, I'm not going to get into the finer details of everything that actually happened on the on on that night. Um, instead, just wanted to share some of the things I remember most about him and the lessons he taught me. Um, so two days after um, he passed, as I said, I was in the gym, wrote down some notes, um, and these are the things that I wrote down. Legacy, how is it defined? By the actions people see you do or the ones that people don't. However you look at it, he created one that will go down in history. His legacy was one of selfless, passion and joy. Always smiling, never showing pain and caring like no other. You had a sense of feeling safe when around him. The ability to just talk. Talk about things you just wouldn't share with anyone else. He didn't say much. But when he spoke, you listened. He spoke with so much knowledge. Knowledge of life, knowledge of leadership, not just in business, but but in leading a family to becoming the most caring, passionate and hardworking you'll find. A family with business ownership and hard work, but at its core sits a real love for one another. A family with plenty of opinions and one where the women have the last say, but a family taught by the greatest man on earth, Ajinda. That you do everything for your wife, and you do it with a smile. He'd cook, clean, and work. He'd rarely ask for help, unless it was to read something he got in the mail, to which you'd usually respond to any bills. Fuck that. Marriage advice. When I first met my wife, Sarah, he started to see things were getting serious. He sat me down and said to me, the way to a long marriage is you need to test your partner. I looked at him like he was crazy and he laughed. He said, push her, make her stressed. If she stays around, she's the one. I'm not sure about his marriage skills, but him and my grandmother were in a marriage for 60 plus years. So I thought to myself, well, he must know what he's talking about. And here I am today, um, married to Sarah, with um, our son, Mason. He loved Mason so much, we were told that he didn't hold his own kids like he held mine. As soon as we'd get to their house, they'd strip him naked because they'd love to see his little zubby, which in English terms is his private parts, and keep yelling that they want to chop it off. Numerous times, Mason would wee on my grandparents but they both thought this was the best thing ever and kept encouraging to, encouraging him to wee. Countless times you'd find my grandfather you'd find my grandfather walking Mason around the garden showing him his veggie patch which he was so proud of. Ever since the coronavirus had stopped us from seeing them Uh, My wife and I bought them or took them an iPad, um, set up internet at their house, and we'd FaceTime them regularly. On their end, the camera was facing the ceiling, so we actually never really got to see their face as they couldn't work out the actual iPad. Um, But our grandparents would see Mason. Uh, My grandmother would yell at my grandfather, and they'd both be screaming at each other in joy when they'd see him. And my grandfather always used to just keep saying, bye, bye. He always lived life to the fullest, not letting anything stop him, not even the coronavirus. Every time we'd go there, they'd have a bag full of food for Mason. We'd yell at them and tell them not to go to the shops. 
but they'd look at us with what they thought was an honest face and say we bought it months ago. My grandfather would then follow up by saying, fuck the virus, when it's my time to go, I'll go. He was always big on his faith. Every Sunday going to church, everyone knew him. I first witnessed his impact on the world and the community when I started to work in Thornley, where we're third generation. When I'd speak to someone Lebanese, or even just people in general, they'd ask me, mean Bayek, so who's my dad? Um, I told them Raymond. Um, most looked at me confused. Um, some people knew my dad, but a lot of the older generation didn't. I'd then follow by saying Kaleem or Colin um, in English terms, who is my Shudda, and they'd all praise him. They'd say, what a great man your grandfather is. Such a caring man. I already knew those things, but it was amazing to be a part of something so special, something he started building from the day he was born and continued to when he arrived in Australia. Many ask me where my work ethic comes from, where my passion for what I do comes from and how I'm able to love my family as much as I do. My dad instilled a part of that in me, but it was ultimately stemmed from my grandfather. His way of educating us didn't need to be direct. Listen to, the, listen to some of the stories of him coming out, of he, coming out here with nothing and building an empire, an empire that will go down in history as one of the best you'll see. Throughout this process, many people have asked me how I'm remaining so calm. Nothing prepares you for situations like this, but there's been many lessons and most from my grandfather. He never held grudges, never said anything bad about anyone despite what they had, in their, had done in their past. He was always forgiving, always giving people a second chance. These are just some of the things I've taken from his life. Of course, there's a sense of anger towards the people that did this. Anger around not understanding why they needed to hurt innocent people. But I'm past that. I'm actually, I actually feel sorry for people like that. To be able to break into someone's house in the middle of the night whilst they're sleeping and then take an innocent person's life must be tough. They must have had a terrible upbringing to think that it's okay. And now they need to live with that for the rest of their lives. They have to deal with the karma coming to them and the people that are close to them. From all of this, I am one thing, grateful. Grateful we had you here. But also grateful for what my wife, Sarah, sister Chantel, and your son did for you. I can only talk for us. I know others did a lot for you as well. But I'm so happy that we loved you the way that we did. We spoke to you every few days. Sarah made a commitment to, make, to take Mason there every week. Chantel would take Sita, your, your wife, where she needed to go, and Dad would be the one you could talk to about anything. We're grateful that you're in our lives, and we always joke that we love Sutta more than you. Of course, we love you both the same, and now we're going to return the favour for what you did for us and look after your wife. We're going to continue your legacy, continue making you proud, and continue working towards being a man like you were. You were a hero in our eyes, and you left this world being a hero, protecting your wife. Now I want to share, um, as I said, what the father had to say um, about my grandfather. And then after that, I'll pop in there what my dad had to say. Thanks for listening. Because of the due, uh, the coronavirus.
we are saddened and shocked at the death of Kalim and the way in which he died. We offer our sympathy to his wife Shahidi, to his children Joe, Ray, and Johnny, and the grandchildren and his brothers and sister Laila, and all the extended family and friends. Saint Augustine said, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. We are deeply terrified. We live in a world with much to cause fear. The fear of terrorists, the fear of illness and viruses, the fear of losing our beloveds, the fear of being victimized by criminals, as was happened to Kalim. When fear knocks, we must send faith to answer the door. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the spirit of love. Dear brothers and sisters, it's my privilege to speak at Kalim's funeral because I was blessed to know him and be close to him as his own son. And you, Kalim, in our daily or weekly, weekly visit, every Wednesday, he used to wait for me with Shahidi to share love to share Jesus Christ and to share meal and to share fear. It's so hard to conclude Kalim's life by short words while God is still finishing the last chapter of his life in eternity. Because life doesn't finish here, but continue in the life beyond, where we meet our Savior and our Creator face to face. Let Kalim, the man of 86 years old, had a very tough life, we can say, and also had a beautiful life. In the Christian faith, the pain, the suffering, the cross, and the joy work together in our lives. If we suffer, doesn't mean we are not happy. If we suffer, we suffer to make ourselves, our families, our world happy. He migrated to Australia. He was born in Lebanon and migrated to Australia in the age of 17. But he kept in his heart 
the very Lebanese nature and simplicity and generosity. He was a wonderful and loving man. Love everyone and loved by everyone. And he got high respect from everyone. He was known with his smiling face that hid behind a big cross. Ma'aruf Kaleem Dayman Bibasimtu. لبتستقبل الإنسان قبل ما يجي لعنده لكن ورا هالبسمة كان حامل صليب كبير He carried big cross all his life So his surname is Saliba and the name Saliba means the cross So the cross was imprinted in all his life as a sign of his salvation. He was a man of family. 62 years of marriage. I know 16 He married Shahidi Tedros, whom he loved and honored all his life and defended her till death. And the name Shahidi means a martyr. And the martyr is the one who gives up his life to save others, imitating the first martyr, Jesus Christ, who died for us, to save us. Late Kalim gave up his life as a martyr to save Shahidi. So he filled the meaning of her name in his life and was Martha gave up his life for her. Kalim and Shahidi faced the challenges of life with many kinds of bitterness, fulfilling the promise of their marriage. I promise to be true to you in good time and in bad, in sickness and in health until death do us part. They had four children, Joe, Ray, and Johnny, and his precious daughter, Jeanette. She was called to eternity while she was young. That made him carry the cross of her lost with his wife all their lives. As he was a loving husband, a compassionate father, he was a loving brother too. He loved his brothers and sister with all his heart, cared about everyone, called every, call everyone, and especially his brother Noam. They were so attached to each other, too close. And as they bought, they bought houses, two houses together, close to each other, they knocked the fence down, they share everything. They share love and family love. They share faith together. While many in our generations, many of the brothers and sisters are building walls higher than Berlin's wall. Walls of hatred, 
worlds of greed and worlds of selfishness. Now, Noam and Kaleem, they used to come together every Sunday and every time you see them in the church, you think that they are twins. The congregation, the parish and the parishioners of St. George, the priests and all of us will miss their coming together. Late Kalim was a very hard worker, provided for his family to live in dignity, worked in the farm growing apples for 48 years, turning his orchard into a little paradise, reflecting the beauty of heaven. And when he retired, he came to Cherrybrook, planted the roses, decorated them, designed them as a professional artist. Dear brothers and sisters, those who are belong to heaven reflect the beauty of heaven. Those who are belongs to the Lord reflect the love of the Lord in everything they do in life. He was a man of faith, as I said, he never missed mass, had a strong hope in Jesus' resurrection and died in the season of resurrection that we live now. He had a powerful, powerful faith in Jesus Christ and had a special devotion to Our Lady, the Mother of God, and to St. George. It's not a coincidence to pass after one week of the feast day of St. George and to celebrate today his eternal life on the beginning of the month of Our Lady May, dedicated to Our Lady, because he entrusted his life and his family's life to them. Always prayed for his family to be saved from all harm. His children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren were his only treasure in life. Filled his life with joy. Once he said to me, Father, life can only be understood backward, but must be lived forward. Marra alli ya abuna, l'hayat l'hatta tifhama, badak tatalla ala al-madi, utatallam, lakin badak tatisha bil-mistakbal. One of these days, God will show us the purpose. But for now, we've got to look up, trust in God, and carry on. His life can teach us a lot about the value of love, the value of family, the value of faith, and the value of being dedicating your life to others and to God. Finally, I want to ask the people who cause victims and killings everywhere, what for? For money? What do you want to do with money? 
to make you rich, but money will never make you happy. The Lord said in, to Cain in the book of Genesis, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. We pray today that they may discover that no one got the right to take anybody's life for any reason and to recognize the hurt and harm and how much tears and sorrow they cause for our hearts. We pray that our Lord Jesus will reveal the truth because he is the truth that can bring justice and healing for the family and for our world from all corruptions. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Jesus challenges us to look deep within us and remember that he can turn our pain, our grief, our questions, and our uncertainties into the beginning of healing. Death will not have the last word, for Jesus has conquered the grave because he rose, and we too shall rise. Jesus has risen. He is truly risen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for being here today to farewell my beloved father, Kalim. I am Raymond Saliba, and I'm honoured to speak on behalf of my mother, Shahida, my older brother, Joe, and my younger brother, John, about dad. Our, our father is from one of the greatest generations. At the age of 17, he left his country, Lebanon, as a young immigrant, along with his brother, Uncle Norm, to make a better life for themselves in Australia. He left behind his parents, Jiddi Hanni, and Siti Soraya, and six siblings. He embraced this country's culture and way of life with open arms. He was grateful for every blessing this land offered. His early years here were consisting of multiple jobs with his sole aim was to bring his parents and siblings here to Australia. He then um, Shahida, at the age of 24, he married the love of his life. They both worked hard, hand in hand, to start an amazing, beautiful future together. After building their house in Duffy Avenue, Thornley, Dad rediscovered the family's heritage of work and purchased a farm together with his brothers. In that time, Mum and Dad started their own family. My brother Joe was born, followed by our sister Jeanette, myself, and then John. Mum managed the home while Dad worked so hard, always ensuring his family had everything they needed, sacrificing his own needs and wants for us. Even though he was working multiple jobs and running the farm at the same time, he always had time for us, from driving us to the footy games, from long drives to picnics with our cousins. After all that, he always gave us love. He gave us the love of the St George Church 
in which, in which that led to following the St George Dragons, which later in life became a great passion for not only himself, but mum, his sons and his extended family. The next stage of Dad's life was the new family home he built in Cherrybrook. This began a new era for our family with the marriage of his two youngest sons and the extended family of his oldest son, Joe, and wife, Lily. Mum and Dad were given the ultimate test by our Lord in the passing away of their only daughter, our sister, Jeanette, at the age of 29. In his most testing time, Dad's faith and love for the Lord never wavered. It was strengthened by being so certain our Lord had received Jeanette in his loving arms. Even through his own grief, Dad was our rock, our strength, our vision to move on from a huge tragedy in our life. Through all the pain and suffering we have to, had to endure, Dad carried us through and we were able to find the strength to move on forward with our lives and find happiness again. Dad, we are all in awe of your faith in God, your strength and your unconditional love for your family. After all this, his three sons brought him eight beautiful grandchildren. Brendan, Andrew, Jessica, Colin, Joshua, Jeanette, Chantel, and Dinan, Dylan. And then six great-grandchildren, Jackson, Jesse, Mia, Marcus, my Mason, and Lily. The most loving should also have loving unconditional love for Jessica, Sammy, Andres, and Sophie. As a grandfather, Dad loved to have his kids around him, always. He loved to share the footy with them. Celebrations of all kind were so proud of everything they had achieved. Just like his own children, he loved them unconditionally. The conversations would start trivial, and at the end, at the end of every conversation, they'd analyse the St George game. Dad's translation of footy names will go down as folklore in the Saliba family. For example, Chep Parrot, State of Orange, and Brazil. He had an infectious laugh and a cheeky sparkle in his eye, especially, in the, especially with his grandkids around. He, hold, he held every one of those kids in a unique way, and each of them has their own special relationship and friendship with my dad. As a father, dad's relationship with Joe would be envied by any man. Their conversations can go from talking farm to football to just anything. Their friendship grew through the years, not only as a father and a son, but into loving brothers. As for myself and John, the Friday, the Friday night get-together will continue, but with a heavy heart forever. Dad's relationship with John is 
is one that no one else will ever know. It is so unique to them. John, in later years, done anything in his power to make sure whatever dad needed to be happy and content would be ready for him. Be certain, be certain dad, that your three sons will make sure your wishes shared with us before you left will be fulfilled to the letter. Finally, as a husband, he was the most doting, gentle and protective man. From the very first day they met, for the next 65 years, he treated my mum as a queen. All who know mum and dad as a couple will tell you how devoted he was to mum. He would make sure she had everything she needed, was comfortable and happy and secure. Even on, even on his beloved Friday nights, eight o'clock would come and he would, say, he would stand up and leave saying, without fail, I've got to go home to mum. He didn't want her to feel alone. <laughs> even on his dying day, she was the one at the front of his mind protecting her to the very end without hesitation or fear. He died protecting his queen. Dad, we are forever in awe of you. You have planted a seed of yourself in every one of your sons and grandchildren. Now it is time for that seed to flourish. And as we continue your loving legacy in honor of your memory, you will always be to us our hero forever in our hearts.